the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thank you. So getting into hour number two. A little bit late getting out, so we're a little bit late coming in, but let's waste no further time. Let's get right to our good get, our good friend and our guest, Dr. Everett Piper, who is a uh, former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is a weekly columnist with the Washington Times. He is a best-selling author, not a daycare, his breakout book, and he is a regular guest right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. And you? I am uh, I'm okay because I'm not I'm, I don't have any respiratory problems I don't have any fever so I guess I'm doing okay but according to the media it's only a matter of time before I and everyone else succumb to it. You know it's uh, I, I tweeted something the other day and I put it on all social media my Facebook and whatnot and I basically said this context people context we need to remember that. The flu is killing, what, 30 million people a year in the United States. And we need to assess all of this stuff in the context of other viruses that are prevalent in our culture on an annual basis. And then I said, stop the hysteria. Uh, Granted, wash your hands, take care of yourself, don't be stupid. And if you are susceptible to respiratory illness, then maybe... You want to stay out of some public areas and venues. But context, everything needs to be evaluated in context. And and more importantly, um, if you are, and I was joking about being a little bit respiratory, a little bit you know, wheezy or coughing or, or any of those kinds of things, gasping, 
uh, and feverish. But if you do have those things, there's a, there's a pretty good chance you might have coronavirus. And there's a really, really, really good chance that it isn't going to do anything to you if you stay home, don't transmit it to other people, and stay home and, and take your over-the-counter cough and flu medicines uh, and, and, and ride it out. Because that is what the, the CDC and all of the other medical experts around the world are finding out, that while this is and does have a higher mortality rate, it is almost exclusively on the far end of a U-curve, and that is on senior citizens and people with underlying medical conditions, whether they be diabetic, whether they be any number of things that could really lead to that. But if you're a normally healthy person and you come down with the symptoms like this, they're telling you, Dr. Piper, don't even go to the doctors. Don't go trying to get a test because it's not going to change anything. If they say, yep, you've got it, they're still going to tell you to stay home and stay away from other people. It'll go away in you and it'll go away in everybody else as well. So, yeah, and we, we're all asking ourselves these questions. Why in the world is this being hyped into this point of panic and hysteria when other situations quite similar to it in the past, such as H1N1 and uh, uh, swine flu and SARS and MERS? Ebola, and SARS, so Zika virus, all of them, yeah. Yeah, why, why are we panicking over this? And I, you know, Bob, here's my view as a Christian. Um, I'm going to quote Rahm Emanuel <laughs> in my commentary on your show today. Never let a good crisis go to waste. As a Christian, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to show that 1 Corinthians 15:58 is alive and well in the Church. And that verse says this, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm going to be steadfast, I'm going to be immovable. I am not going to demonstrate that I'm going to be taken along by this stream of panic. I'll be steadfast and immovable, I'm going to abound in the work of the Lord. Another verse, all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. I'm going to trust in God's providence and sovereign care, and I'm going to be a voice for Christ in the midst of everything that takes place in my culture. And now's a wonderful time to say, I have confidence, and you know what? There's something more than the temporal issues of this life. There are things greater and better. I can have a vacation at the beach, if you will, to quote C.S. Lewis, rather than groveling along, uh, groveling about in the mud pies in the back alley. I don't have to put second things first. I can put first things first. And then I'll quote another verse, Bob, and I'll take a breath. Uh, Joshua 1, nine. Be, be strong and courageous. I'll say that again. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear, for the Lord your God is with you. As Christians, we can step forward into this mix, and we can say, yes, viruses exist in the world. The world is broken. But you know what? There's a bigger virus than corona. The virus is called vice. The virus is called sin. And the way to stop the virus of corona is to quarantine it. The way for Christians to demonstrate the, the, uh, the way to solve the virus of sin is to confess it. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to deal with the issues of pornography, to dis- deal with the selfishness of intersectionality, to deal with the vice of victimization, to address these other sins in our culture by saying, yeah, there are viruses, but there are a lot worse viruses than corona. It's the virus of the corruption of the human heart. Wow. Very, very well said. Um 
I want to ask you just one more question on this, and I'm going to play a clip of what you've, you've probably heard before, we all have heard before, when you said, I don't know why they're focusing so much on this one when there have been so many other epidemics and pandemics that have killed and have infected way more people than this has so far in the United States and around the world. Why is this one so different? And here's the answer, I think. I feel like the bottom has to fall out at some point. And by the way, I'm hoping for it, because I think one way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy. Yeah. So please, bring on the recession. Bill Maher said that uh, shortly into Donald Trump's presidency, and I don't think they have ever stopped seeking for that method. What can we do to crash the economy and ruin short Trump as a president so that we get rid of him in 2020? And the coronavirus is their tool. This is the, and they, they're doing an, a, rem, a remarkable job of, of politicizing this, again, so much more so than any of the other diseases you listed have been politicized. There's, there's no question. Uh, there is no question. Again, Rahm Emanuel, let's go back to that quote. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Here's what the left believes. If you don't have a crisis, create it. Take advantage of it so you can control people. And Bill Maher is, a, is being honest about what the left believes. That crisis and human pain and suffering is good if you can manipulate it and use it to, to build up Big Brother, to create big government, and to control more people. There is no question that they're applauding. The left is applauding. They are celebrating this, and they're going to use it. Hopefully, the human, hopefully the electorate in the United States is smart enough to rise up and say, stop it. We will not, we will not, we will not play your game. You guys are taking advantage of us, and we're going to vote against you rather than for you. I, I hope that is exactly what happens. Dr. Everett Piper, uh, from your words to uh, everyone else's ears. Let's take a quick time out here, come back, talk about a couple of other things, including something you have talked about with us for the last couple of weeks. The reddest of red states turning strangely blue and turning against God in many ways. We'll let you tell us about that next on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten twenty-one. Now we continue. We got a few good minutes left with our friend Doctor Everett Piper, <clears throat> former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, current columnist with the Washington Times, among other uh, many other hats that he wears. Doctor Piper, so you have been talking and writing, and we have discussed about the um, bill in Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, as you call it, and your home state um, that has, well, House Bill twenty-seven ninety specifically that uh, offers and elevates a specific group of people to official minority status based on their own subjective feelings rather than biological facts. And I won't go too much further than that because we've discussed this. But your tweet this week about your column um, featuring Arizona's House passing a bill banning trans athletes from competing in girls' sports. In other words, recognizing boys are boys and girls are girls in competition. Same thing is happening, by the way. A bill has been introduced here in my home state of Ohio. Uh, it's called the Save Women Sports Act. But meanwhile, here we go. In your reddest of red states of Oklahoma, as you tweeted, Oklahoma's legislators are pushing the new law that requires those trans athletes to be put on child welfare committees. What in the world is going on? It's crazy. Um, I guess the moral to this story is always check the people that you're voting for to make sure they're not lying to you 
in terms of their political affiliation and what their values really are. Just because somebody runs as a Republican means nothing. It means nothing. Oklahoma has a super majority in the House and the Senate of Republicans. We have two-thirds of our House is Republican. We have two-thirds of our Senate is Republican. We hold the governor's seat and the lieutenant governor's seat. In four successive presidential elections, we have had 100% of the counties of Oklahoma vote red. Not one blue spot across the entire state of Oklahoma. But in spite of that, we have a bill that has passed by a 12-4 to vote out of committee, which means you had a bunch of Republicans voting for it. We had a bill come out of committee. It'll go to the House, and this bill would require that all child welfare committees and boards within the state of Oklahoma give preference to LGBTQ self-identifying members in terms of board membership. So they're codifying into law the recognition of a group of people as a minority simply because of their feelings, their proclivities, their habits, and their inclinations. Not because of their biology, but because of what they say they like to do sexually. They're giving these people preference over real minorities, such as women and blacks and Native Americans. In Oklahoma, our Native American population should be outraged. Our blacks should be outraged because they're being told to go to the back of the bus and stand while a fake minority that is being given that status on the basis of their feelings is taking their seat on that bus. This is outrageous. But yet, yet, in a state like Arizona, in a state like Ohio, you guys have enough common sense to recognize that biological men should not take a woman's sport away from her. But we in Oklahoma, because of our fake Republicans, are actually going to give those same people preferential status on child services boards. It is crazy and asinine. Never believe, never believe a politician when he tells you he's Republican. Look at his record, look at his values, and then decide how to vote. You say that Oklahoma's black population and Native American population should be outraged. I agree. Are they? I don't know. I think everybody's been drinking this Kool-Aid so much that they're afraid to say what I just said, because you know that as soon as somebody listens to your show and hears me say this, they're going to call me a hater and a bigot and an intolerant uh, homophobe, as if I'm afraid of people simply because of the kind of sex they like to have. Just because I disagree with the kind of sex somebody says they like to have doesn't mean I'm afraid of them. It means I believe sex is a moral discussion, as all of human civilization has agreed until five minutes ago that sex is a moral discussion. And even these people claim it is because they still pretend to say that uh, statutory rape, for example, is wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Because sex is a moral discussion. So these people are going to label me a hater and a bigot and a homophobe and intolerant. And I think a lot of people just are so afraid of those labels, they don't want to call a spade a spade, and they don't want to raise their hand and say, wait a second, why should blacks be told you can't have a seat on this committee and on this board or on this bus while we give it to somebody else who is pretending pretending to be a minority, not because of their biology, but simply because of the behavior that they they want to imbibe. So if, you know, Oklahoma is so red, and it is, uh, at least in terms of historical voting results and in terms of uh, Republicans in power at the Statehouse, etc., 
Um, are red voters, are Republican voters outraged? You know, you mentioned black Americans or black Oklahomans and Native American Oklahomans, but just what about Republican uh, voters in Oklahoma? Are they seeing what you are talking about in their leaders, in their elected officials, and saying, you're done, uh, enjoy your little run here because we're going to get rid of you and run a real conservative, a real constitutionalist, a real Republican against you? I hope so. I'm doing my part. I'm trying to ring the bell, I'm trying to wave the flag and tell the people in Oklahoma, wait, 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 wait. You cannot continue to elect these people if you want to enjoy uh, Oklahoma uh, values and Oklahoma freedom. Now, here's the issue. A lot of conservatives can lean libertarian. In other words, just leave us alone, live and let live, stay out of our lives. We don't care what you do as long as you don't bug us with that. That's kind of a libertarian leaning on the social and the moral issues. And Oklahoma is loaded with libertarians, cowboys, ranchers, good people that just want to just, just don't tell us about it, leave us alone. And I think when you lean that direction, libertarian, you can have a sense of, well, we don't care if they want to do that, and therefore you don't make a big deal out of this. The problem is, the problem is when you elect these people, then they start uh, curtailing your personal freedoms by, for example, another bill in Oklahoma that did pass out of committee is the anti-conversion therapy bill, which would make it illegal for any licensed counselor or therapist in the state of Oklahoma to provide counsel or therapy to a transgender person who wants to stop engaging in that lifestyle. It would be illegal for a therapist to provide them that care. That is crazy. It's taking the personal freedoms away from people and actually telling them you cannot get counsel if you think your move toward transgenderism is actually unhealthy for body, mind, and soul. And and Dr. Piper, we only have a minute left, but uh, we so we can't get too in depth into this. But a story that I shared with you this week as we prepared our segment today um, was about a twenty um, three year old woman who is taking legal action against a gender clinic saying she should have been challenged more by the medical staff over her decision to transition to a male as a teenager. In other words, that therapy that we're talking about that you're saying is banned from being offered to people who are confused about who they are and what they are, that could have stopped terrible, tragic mistakes like surgical procedures, hormone blockers, testosterone, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, take, Take 45 seconds here. Go ahead, Dr. Piper. Okay. Why should it be illegal for a counselor or a therapist to tell somebody, you know, it's not a good idea to cut off, to amputate a functioning organ and a functioning appendage? Why should it be illegal for me as a licensed therapist to tell you, don't cut that appendage off? It's still a healthy organ and appendage. That is crazy that we would come to a point in our culture where we would make it illegal to tell people it's not a good idea to cut off your arm. Your, your fingers, your toes. Well, if it's not a good idea to do that, why would you cut off anything else? We need to ask these logical questions. Absolutely right. Again, and to ask them long before things like that are decided upon by the individuals, because as we are finding out, the amount of regret that some of these people have uh, once something is made permanent is uh, is extraordinary. And I don't have numbers on suicide rates, but you can imagine these people uh, with profound regret uh, may or may not like the life that they have uh, they have made for themselves. Dr. Everett Piper, keep up the great work. Don't worry about what people call you. Keep doing what is right in the eyes of God and in the eyes of morality. And thank you so much for, uh, for your time. Blessings.
Dr. Everett Piper uh, with his regular visit. It's 1031. We'll get news now. Last segment coming up. No, I'm sorry. We've got two segments left. Sorry. Last half hour coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. In. A little breaking news at 1036. Congress has shut down the Capitol as a part of the freakout over coronavirus, the Wuhan Chinese coronavirus. Um, the Hill, no, this is CNBC reporting. Congress will bar public access to the U.S. Capitol for the rest of the month. And the White House will temporarily cancel tours as officials try to curb the coronavirus outbreak. Capital tours will stop, while access to the buildings along with the House and Senate office facilities will be limited to members, staff, and press and business visitors starting at 5 p.m. on Thursday. So there you go. The NBA is shut down. NCAA being played in empty arenas. Uh, Probably going to be cancellations of other sporting championship events. And now the Capitol building as well. You'll know things are bad when Disney shuts down. Is Disney shut down yet? I don't think Disney is shut down yet, right? International travelers from all over the world are going to continue to come to Disney, uh, Disneyland, Disney World. It'll be uh, then we'll know that the apocalypse is nigh <laughs> when Disney shuts down. But I say that only tongue in cheek because Lord only knows. Uh, I, I had a great conversation today with Molly Hemingway. Molly Hemingway is just an extraordinary reporter for The Federalist, and she is a senior editor, actually, with The Federalist. And she had uh, she joined me this morning on The Hugh Hewitt Show, which I did before this show. And if you missed that conversation, you shouldn't have. And so I want to rectify that right now. Thanks to Tim Murtaugh from the Trump 2020 re-election campaign. Join now by Molly Hemingway, senior editor at The Federalist. Follow her at MZ Hemingway. Molly, good to talk to you. How are you? Great. Good to be here with you. So the president had so much to say last night uh, in his speech from the Oval Oval Office. The travel restriction, obviously, from Europe, the Small Business Administration uh, guaranteed loans, the tax relief, uh, the pay for workers who may be unable to work because they are quarantined because of the, um, uh, uh, the Wuhan virus. And all everybody can focus on is the fact that he called it a foreign-born virus, the fact that he called it the Chinese virus, and that makes him bigoted and xenophobic. Why are Democrats so resistant to coming together for the benefit of the American people, Molly Hemingway? I, I think there are two reasons they're focusing on that. One, unfortunately, even though we're literally dealing with a global pandemic, people are trying to score political points. And so when you have a really good speech and remarks that, that address the country, it's a political loss for some people. And so they're focusing on something tangential so that they don't have to deal with, with um, coming together or whatnot. The second issue is much more disturbing. I get why communist China does not want people correctly identifying the, the origin of this virus. They don't want it to call the Wuhan virus or the Chinese coronavirus because they don't want people to hold them responsible for how they mismanaged this and how they covered it up and how they went after people who were trying to spread the word about this. I mean, viruses can come from anywhere in the world, including the Mm -hmm. United States. How you respond to them is very important. China did a horrible job because of their communist system. They want to hide it. They want to cover it up. And they want to, in fact, there's a disinformation campaign going on in China right now to try to claim that the U.S. did this. So I get why China wants to do it. They're an adversary. They're a bad, bad government. What I don't understand is why certain people in the media 
and certain politicians are doing that Chinese disinformation campaign for them. Do you really not understand it, or do you just not want to believe it? Because I think you understand it, and so do I. It is orange man bad, and by any means necessary, we will get rid of him. I think we all understand it. It's just that it's hard to to accept this that this is what they'll do. It's very bad that they're doing it. It's also completely hypocritical. These are people who claim to care about foreign disinformation and how it can affect elections. They spent years hyping, you know, a few thousand dollars in Facebook ads from barely literate Russian trolls to try to claim that Hillary Clinton didn't really lose the 2016 election. And yet when you have major disinformation from an actually powerful country like China that we are at odds with, then they just completely do the same thing that they were doing with the Russian disinformation, which is carry it, um, you know, and, and help it spread. You retweeted something this morning, uh, Molly Hemingway, Hong Kong flu, Asian flu, Russian flu, Berlin flu, Marburg virus, Zika virus, which is from Uganda. Uh, nobody had any problem with identifying these particular uh, epidemics or these particular viral uh, viruses by their location of origin. Suddenly we can't do that. Why? As you point out, this is this is not exactly an ally of the United States anyway, and nobody is suggesting we want to harm the innocent Chinese people either, but to identify it by its geographical origin is is not new. It's not novel. Right. China doesn't want us to identify it by its, by its origin because of their own disinformation reasons. But epidemiologists constantly identify things by their point of origin because when things start, before you can actually understand how they're spreading fully, you need to identify them so everyone knows what you're talking about. So it's very common. I mean, Lyme disease out of old Lyme, Connecticut, Ebola from the Ebola River, the Zika virus, you know, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, the Hong Kong flu, which was, the last, you know, a very bad, um, you know, sort of similar situation. Sure. You, you, you constantly name things. I mean, sometimes they even get them slightly wrong about where they're naming them. But you, it's actually quite common. And so for the media to claim that this isn't common or that it makes no sense why you would do it. In fact, this is about as common as it gets when you're talking about pandemics Mo- or threats like this. Molly Hemingway, to the, to the substance of the speech, are you okay with the travel ban from Europe for 30 days? And do you think it's strict enough? Because he did exempt the U.K. for reasons that I'm still a little bit sketchy on. I would be fine with something more strict. I think it's really important. There are twin concerns here. It's very important to take this seriously and to do what it takes to shut it down. The early travel limitations from China did so much to help us, and and I don't think that we're getting enough credit for having done that early. Um, This country was wise, and you can see the difference. I mean, we have people coming from all over the world. The fact that we don't have it worse right now is a good thing. Um, More shutting down of borders temporarily would be great. There is this twin concern, though. You need to get people to change their behavior, washing their hands, social distancing, all these types of things, without destroying the economy. And I don't see a lot of people thinking through how to balance those twin concerns. I read a Lancet article yesterday that said people are actually going to take care of their personal health on their own, and you're already seeing that, and you're already seeing companies kind of make their own decisions. Governments need to care a great deal about the economy, which if that goes into ruin, can cause death and destruction and chaos as well. So I wish we were seeing more people in the United States, whether that's media or politicians, caring about those both sides. I'm actually very glad that the Trump administration at least seems to be caring about both of those issues. You know, public health, major issue, economic ruin, major issue that could cause much longer term, um, you know, badness than I think a lot of people are, are realizing. 
the um, sports aspect of this is enormous. Molly Hemingway is our guest, senior editor at The Federalist. The uh, fact that the NBA has a player that has been uh, diagnosed with coronavirus, they have shut down the rest of the season, at least until further notice, until unless something drastically changes. The NCAA is going to suspend March Madness, at least from the standpoint of uh, fans. It's going to be played in empty arenas if they continue that at all. And baseball is supposed to start in about, uh, what, 12 days, 11 days, uh, something somewhere, maybe 15 days. Um, and I can't, cannot imagine baseball owners inviting 40,000 fans into every stadium to stand and sit upon one another. If you've ever been to a ballpark, you know how close those seats are while this is going on. The extension of not just ticket prices, but merchandise and food, et cetera, et cetera. The economic impact is going to be drastic. Um, how do we recover from that, Molly Hemingway? This is just one thing I want to say, too. A lot of the people who are on TV or making decisions, um, they are kind of cosseted and insulated from the downturns of, of the economy. They tend to make more money. They have very secure positions. The people who are most vulnerable, you know, the people in retail positions and otherwise who could lose jobs and, in a, you know, their ability to pay their mortgages and things like this um, or their rent, these are the people that we also need to be concerned about. So it is important that we take very seriously this very um, you know, bad virus. It's also true that we should only do things based on the proper course of action. A little bit of overreaction is great, actually, when you're dealing with public health. A lot of overreaction can be a problem. And you know, just by way of example, when you're reading all of these studies, yes, occasionally shutting down schools if you have a truly bad outbreak is a wise course of action. If you don't have an outbreak, it can be a bad way to spread the virus if you are taking kids who generally don't have fatal reactions to this and putting them in the care of their grandparents who are more susceptible to a fatal reaction to something. So we have to just not, we have to make sure that whatever we're doing, that we're thinking through the unintended consequences as well. Molly, it's clear that uh, an economic downturn as a result of this virus would be harmful to the president. He's running for re-election largely on the economy. It's been an extraordinarily successful three and a half years, and this is his number one re-election campaign issue, I think. And if it crumbles over the course of the next several months, it certainly is bad for him. Now, having said that, I'm going to ask you this. Knowing that the Chinese uh, have to be just completely uh, infuriated with President Trump for cutting into their billions of dollars um, uh, of advantage that they they have had against us in trade over the years. President Trump is reworking all of that. Do you allow for any possibility, and this is not an accusation, it is a question, any possibility that this was intentional, that it was a bio-warfare uh, program? We know that there's a story in the Washington Times this morning. Uh, there are two labs that are linked to China, the Chinese bio-warfare program. Both are located in Wuhan. Is there any possibility that we should look into this as being something that was done by the Chinese with the intent of harming the world economy and thus their number one enemy, Donald Trump? Well, there's nothing wrong with looking into anything that's, that's a reasonable question. But I would say, regardless of whether or not it was intentional, and I don't actually think it was, okay. their, be, their response means that we have to think very deeply about how much interaction we want to have with this country, whether we should continue to have such strong economic ties, whether we want to be so reliant on them. I am also thankful that we started making this massive change in our thinking a few years ago from this idea that China was the only country that we could base all of our production in and that we shouldn't care about production in this country. We, should, we could see no downside to having everything be reliant on China. I'm glad we have started to make that 
change, we should further decouple really from not just China, but make sure that no, there's never a situation where one country has such a power over us, you know, Amen. in terms of the supply chain, medicine and otherwise. And so I would hope that this would make people across the aisle care a lot more about reforming our trade policy with them and thinking through whether, whether we need to have better systems here in this country. Yeah, it, it, it really should. And, and let me ask you this then, then wrapping, uh, Molly, does the infection of somebody who is as universally loved as Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, of course, made that announcement last night. They got it down in Australia. They are following all of the proper protocols. By the way, Tom Hanks, I did not know this, is a type 2 diabetic, which would be considered an underlying condition at the age of 63 that may make this a little more dicey for him. What, what does celebrity outbreak or what do celebrity diagnoses do to the uh, panic of the American people. Yeah, not just him, but I'd also say the basketball player. Make people realize yeah. it can happen to anyone and hopefully make people care more about it and care about praying for people who, and everyone who has it. Very well said. Molly Hemingway, a senior editor at The Federalist. Follow her always at MZ Hemingway on Twitter. Thank you, Molly, so much. It's 15 minutes before the... All right, that was, as I noted before, that was a conversation I had with Molly Hemingway of The Federalist this morning on the Hugh Hewitt Show, and uh, I felt like it was good stuff and worth hearing in case you missed that. I'll be, I will be, by the way, uh, hosting Hugh's show tomorrow morning as well, so five more hours of uh, Bob France. Uh, whether that's good or bad depends on whether or not you like the show, but five more hours tomorrow. Uh, the Hugh Hewitt Show, and then this one. By the way, quick note. For anybody who was planning on coming to the Trump Day dinner tonight in Chesterland, hosted by the Geauga County Conservative uh, Club, um, we're on. Okay? We're on. Uh, Peter Kersenow will be there. Harlan Hill will be there. I will be there. Um, It is going to be a fantastic event. There are 220-some-odd seats, I think, sold, and... uh, uh, you know, having dinner and having uh, meet and greets and and having the presentation, we'll have uh, all of us will be guest speakers. And I just want you to know that we are on. We did get notice that the Cuyahoga County Republican Party's Lincoln Day dinner has been postponed, following the guidance of the governor and of the federal government. Uh, but uh, the hosts of the Geauga County event, Geauga County Conservative Club. Uh, they have said we are on, and we are still going forward with our event, and uh, I can tell you this, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss it. Will I have some hand sanitizer? Yeah, sure, because I'm going to be shaking a lot of hands. Nobody said we should be reckless. What they said we should do is be smart. If you're going out and you're not exhibiting symptoms, now if you are exhibiting multiple symptoms, not saying you sneezed, so stay home, but if you have you know, shortness of breath and respiratory issues and a fever, all right, you may be coming down with either the flu or the coronavirus. Just don't go sharing it with other people. Stay home. But don't just because you coughed a little. I cough a few times every show. I'm not staying home for that. I don't have, I don't have the multiple symptoms. My point to this is be smart. If you feel like there may be something compromised, you stay home. If you don't, you go out there and you keep your social distancing. If you see somebody coughing or or exhibiting some sort of symptoms, you keep at least six feet away. The cough radius, as determined by doctors, has been roughly six feet. So stay a little bit further away. If somebody at your table has an issue, then you know back off. But but the point is, we're not going to stop living. We're not going to stop going out there and gathering. We shouldn't stop going out there and patronizing businesses. We shouldn't go out there and stop spending. Because that's not how you deal with this. You deal with it with intelligence, not with fear and panic. 
and the intelligent folks at the uh, Geauga County Conservative Club are hosting this event tonight. I am not going to uh, back out on my uh, pledge to speak and to uh, talk to some great Americans as we continue to try to help push this great country forward. 1052, back after this. Final segment of this Thursday broadcast underway. It's always a short one, but it's time enough for a couple of calls. So let's go ahead and get them in here. We'll first go to uh, Hinkley, and I believe it's Paul on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Hi, Paul. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, Paul. Can you hear me? It's who? Okay. Well, put him on the air, please. Push the button, and let's put him on the air. Can you hear me, Tall? I can hear you. Can you hear okay, me? Okay. Go ahead, sir. Uh, a few weeks ago, Bob, I heard a story about this book called Miracles in American History, and it's kind of a, a religious take on many things that happened, and we survived. And I just want people to know, try to get that book. I got it at the library after several weeks, and you can probably get it on Amazon. It's by Susie Federer. Well, what's it called? Miracles in... In, in American what? History. In American History. Miracles in... Wait, 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 wait. Susie Federer, is that... Is, is that um, That's the uh, author... Is, Okay. Uh, is, is is that the wife of Bill Federer? That's correct. Okay, yeah, I, I've read several of Bill Federer's books. I did not see that one from Susie. Uh, but w- is there a particular reason why you're promoting that? Uh, because it's just so many unbelievable things that uh, even uh, different system, America had so many problems, and uh, basically uh, they, they had... They were fairly religious back then in the 1700s, and uh, they did some prayers, and amazingly, America came around. Uh, these are only like 32 small stories in that book, uh, volume one. Okay, so you're, so, so you're suggesting we need to pray for a miracle to deal with this coronavirus? Well, uh, to read the book and see how America came about, you know, it uh, survived. It's, this, this is a good time to see this. This is okay. another problem we're having. This, this, this goes back. This is permanent, really. I mean, really good right this time. Okay. All right. Well, I, listen. I appreciate the call. Thanks very much, my friend. I appreciate the heads up. I, I love, uh, I love Bill Federer. I've talked to him many times, and I've read his books, and uh, or not all of them. He's, geez, oh, man, is he a busy author? Uh, but yeah, I appreciate that. And by the way, I, do, I don't discount what he just said when I, you know, I'm kind of reading into the reason for the call. Uh, prayer is a good thing. Prayer is a great thing. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with, and in fact, should be strongly encouraged to pray you know for for god to provide us with some reprieve from this virus that is you know that is causing such havoc in the united states but mostly around the world uh yeah absolutely pray for the guidance of people like the doctors at cleveland clinic who are making great advances in terms of the testing which we reported on uh pray that um uh that we find our our way through this just like we have through every other outbreak that we have dealt with over the course of the number the last number of decades uh tj and cleveland gonna wrap it up for us tj go ahead yeah, you know, Bob, I sit in church on Sunday, and I look around, and I notice there's nobody there. You know, if you're getting cabin fever and you want to go out somewhere and avoid large crowds, go to church. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Uh, it's kind of sad, by the way, but uh, that's because there used to be large crowds at, at our churches. But uh, And thank you, TJ, for the call. I'll say this to wrap that up. Um, 
Catholic churches have made a decision. I talked this about this a little bit yesterday. I think um, they're encouraging people when it is time for the sign of the, or excuse me, the sign of peace. Uh, to nod or to do elbow bumps or something of that nature to each other rather than the handshake to avoid any transmission. And then also they have uh, moved away for at least a time being from the chalice of blood, Christ's blood being passed around uh, or, you know, uh, uh, given by the uh, Eucharistic minister. So they're taking it very seriously as well. We'll wrap it there. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. We'll see you tomorrow on AM 1420 The Answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.